When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. from Boston. Welcome to Coffee and Hardcore. It's time! What's up, everybody? It's season three, episode six. We are here with Coffee and Hardcore, and I'm Mick Cox, all the way from Parkersburg, West Virginia. Steven Scopa from Boston, Mass. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Wiley Willis, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> what's up, fellas? Not much, man. At work. Dude, you're always at work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't wrong. Uh, well, this is a good episode. Super, super excited about, about dropping this episode when it comes. Because uh, we got some cool coffee that we're reviewing. Yeah, my wife sent us all. I know. It's so thankful. I, I got home from vacation and there it was waiting for me. And I was like, oh, there it is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it was good stuff. So, how, how what you were going to say, killer? How uh, was, was it? No, I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> how was your vacation to it was, hell? Uh, it, it was, it was pretty, it was. I, uh-huh. it's, it's Florida. So, you know how it is. It's like, there's uh-huh. some good there's some good things that happen but it's like standing Hockey. on the surf it's like the surface of the sun <laughs> it's like so freaking hot it's like there was cool things we found like i found a cool record shop that had some good coffee in it so that was great that was a plus uh, that's cool uh, uh i you know there were some other cool places that we found uh of course we went to see harry potter and we got to see mickey mouse and uh yeah so it, it was all right I think I lost about 20 pounds. So that's probably a plus from the heat, oh, from the heat. <laughs> That'll so, do yeah. It. so yeah. Yeah. So you're ready. Are you ready for your real vacation now? Yeah. That totally. <laughs> Gosh. Vacation from the vacation. Are you coming yes. to see me sometime soon? Uh, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to the UP in September though. Is that when you were thinking? Nah. We can always work around something. Yeah, we're going end of September, so. Okay, cool. Visit the grandma. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, got to show the baby Otto to the grandma. Is that going to be the, is that that the first treat? Yeah, first first time. First treaty trip, bro. Yes, nice, nice. First game. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, uh, we took the trip when Libby was pregnant, but you know, that right. doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. No. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So who do we got on the show, guys? Come on. Yeah, Steven, who's on the show this time? Yes, Steven. Kate, we got Kate 108 from the epic 108 band. 108, holy name, baby. Oh, listen, yeah. I, I, listen, I... I, I fanboyed a little. I tried not to, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a good interview. It, it was a great time. Yeah, yeah how can time. you not? Yeah. I haven't even heard great it yet. So I know. I'm gonna hear it when everyone else hears it. It's. It, it was a great conversation. I, mm-hmm. I I walked away going, "Oh, that was cool." I was yeah. Cool. So definitely. So excited to drop that. Have everybody listen to that. But not only do we have K108 on this on the episode, but we've got some great bands to review. The great albums, like some killer stuff so i'm excited for Ding. that <laughs> <laughs> we also we also got mouthful locusts coming on and and giving a tiny chat i know about yeah. their record it's really cool that we got some of that stuff going on it's like a different a different flavor for the show and i like it yeah, yeah. i think other folks like it too so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay <laughs> So what? You guys want to get into this? You want to? We want to rock this one out? Yeah, Let's man. I'm just I'm just right here drinking my uh, coffee and hardcore suicide prevention oak and crow coffee. Bing, drop name, name drop, boom. Because <laughs> and, and that that's not the dark stuff. That's the medium stuff, right? The medium, because yours is the dark, mine's yeah, the medium. That's right. And uh, I will tell you, I've been working pretty late. I've been working till about like pretty much like 10 p.m. every night, 10:30, and um, so I'm used to drinking coffee now until probably about, well, my headphones fell out probably <laughs> until about eight o'clock. Right. So I can stay up. Right. So right. today I was like, okay, I'm not going to do that. But my body started going, cause I've been doing that for like three months now. Yeah. So my body kind of went into like, Oh, where's, where's this nighttime coffee at? And I'm like, oh, I better make some, right. <laughs> I'm in trouble. I know yes, you are. you're addicted <laughs> it's all over now <laughs> okay, i used to t- stop get, at five i used to stop at 5 p.m i'm like that's my cutoff but it gets tough stopped when, at, it gets oh, tough when you're, it gets tough when your schedule changes then you got to go back to that five o'clock shift and it's it can be it can be definitely difficult to adjust to you know yeah yeah it oof. tell you what <laughs> i basically wake up i'm drinking coffee almost when i go to bed i'm drinking coffee right <laughs> Got to have energy to, you know, take care of the boy during the morning and then to work all into the night times. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for having me back on. Let's uh, let's get into it, shall we? All right, man. Yeah, totally. Let's go. Hi, we're Mouthful of Locusts. I'm Andrew Holiday. I play guitar. I'm Brian Parsons. I play drums. I'm Perry Menken. I yell things. Curtis Mason, and I play bass. So that's us. That's our band, believe it or not. How we started... I uh, saw a video of Brian playing drums online. Yep. Just talking about this <laughs> just a little bit ago. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm a little, uh, got a little something going on. All right. 
And then uh, Perry was with him, and then we convinced uh, Curtis to play in our band. So that's it. That's it. We were pretty new. So uh, we have a EP coming out, or if you're listening to this by now, maybe it's already out. It's called Human Dissonance. And uh, the songs pretty much started was uh, I was writing something, recording with someone, and I had three songs ready. After I asked Brian, he wrote drums to it. Perry was there, he wrote vocals, we went on those three songs, and then we wrote, what, two, four, four more, (laughs) four more together, four more together, and uh, so pretty much, I'm going to walk through the EP, all right, so we got Mouth Breathers, Mouth Breathers is one of the, like, oldest songs I've wrote, I wrote that shit, like, probably when I was, like, 19 years old, most of it, besides a couple things that changed rhythmically, um, obviously Brian did his drums on it. All he did was just listen to it and just put what he felt. That's the biggest thing with this band is that we, we want everybody to do kind of their own thing. If we have a little suggestion, we'll throw it in. But other than that, you kind of do your thing. We'll help you if you need help. That's how it goes. Uh, lyrics wise. This is angry, anxious stuff. I don't know. Everything's, everything's about, uh, being angry about something or anxious about something or, I think uh, yeah definitely a big thing I get with the lyrics for that one is just like just the climate of today like yeah alright moving on doesn't matter next one spirals another pretty decently old song definitely changed a lot coming into the band because I don't know shit about recording and I don't know anything about time signatures or nothing so uh that one is definitely, uh, what? Uh, That's about anxiety, for sure. For sure, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about anxiety. Uh, side note, every time someone comes up and talks to us about it, they say that song gives me anxiety. So it's, <laughs> so it's doing well. It's doing really well for everybody. Assisted Living Dracula seems to be everybody's fucking favorite. Uh, it's uh, super simple structured. I wrote that one while we were together one of the last songs I actually wrote so uh yeah it's a it's a fun little <laughs> melodic deftones y sometimes song to me but anyways lyrics oh, it's about dr- drug abuse uh like meth mostly from growing up around a meth head my stepdad there we go now you know but the lyrics are really good <laughs> <laughs> lyrics are really good uh mask mask the first single Hey, how we started. Hey, Hey. how we started. But anyways, uh, Mask was uh, honestly another song that was written later into it. It wasn't one of the three originals. Uh, I think that one's about an ex-girlfriend, right? No, let's not say that. That's kinky sex. Not about that, but told (laughs) you. Anyways. Uh, and then after that is fucking It Only Gets Worse. It Only Gets Worse, another kind of older song that I wrote. One of the, one of the, one of the OGs, as you could say. Or the original three. And that one we all kind of fucking collaborated on lyrics with just to, I don't know, try something new. Like, I think we should definitely do more collaborating and stuff on each other's parts and new yeah. stuff for my personal opinion because I think yeah. it comes out really good um, that one's just uh, our, our idea at first was 
a suicide note. That was it was supposed to kind of read out like that. It kind of still does. It kind of more sounds like to me like someone who's just like fucking crazy, but and they just don't know how to like they don't know how to iterate that they want to kill themselves. They're like they're they're like I'm not really sure how to go about it, so I'm gonna say a lot of words about it. All right. But uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. That's that's us. So check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Bandcamp. Bandcamp, we're on Bandcamp, and uh, we play shows a lot. So come out and see us. We love you. And that's all I got. Anybody else want to say anything? What's up, everybody? It's that time. Get caffeinated. Boom. Fresh pods. That's right. (laughs) So my wife got us all three bags of modest coffee roasters here in Chicago, Illinois. Um, But three different bags. I got the medium roast. I think, Stephen, you got the like in between, right? Yeah, the the modest. It's like a, yeah, yeah, it was like a smooth. It was good. Yeah. No, I mean, like, what was the roast? Was it was it dark uh, in between? It just uh, it's just a. Isn't yours? Just a, isn't yours like a third level? Uh, says it's not full city. Are you talking about the the chart at the bottom? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like halfway, so yeah, it's like medium, I guess, a little bit over. Yeah, there. mine's got two, you know, charted in for medium. Oh, yeah. Yours has got three, I think, and Mix is all yeah. the way dark, right, Mick? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah, it's- <laughs> Well, my modest coffee, I got a single origin coffee from Columbia. The notes are apple, cinnamon, and chocolate. And like I stated, it's a medium roast. Mm-hmm. But so I opened the bag and I smelled this coffee about four times. I was like, oh, and I know this might sound crazy, but I actually smelled the apple. And it's probably because I read the notes beforehand on the bag and it tricked my brain and tickled it a little bit. but. I kept smelling it and sure enough, there it was the apple smell. And it's like almost like a nutty apple smell. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I really dig this coffee. And I'm not just saying that because my wife got it because she's got me some coffee before that. I was like, I don't know about this, um, but this coffee's a win. And I'm not very good at lying when I don't like stuff. And Mick can contest to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know, man, this coffee is, it's so smooth and it's so flavorful. And to me, my my taste buds, it it has like a slight syrupy apple buttery taste to it. And I thought it was delicious. It's definitely a treat to make it in the morning. And I know like we're trying to save money right now to get a house and, you know, for auto stuff. And so we're on a budget. And so we've been drinking budget coffee lately. And so when she got me this, I was like, yes, this is so good. Um, but speaking of budget coffee, my wife, uh, she suggested we do a budget coffee episode. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be I think awesome. I'm down. I'm down for that. Yeah, definitely. But that's all. That's all I got to say about that. 
Your, your turn. Who's that? Well, you're you're next in line because you got the coffee in between me and Wiley. So you're up next. <laughs> oh yeah. I would say um yeah. So I loved it. Um, I, first thing that the, the package showed up on my doorstep and all I could smell was the coffee before I even opened it. And I'm like, nice. oh, this, this is gonna be so good. Um, it, mine was the the modest is the name. Uh, Honduras, the single origin. It had um dark chocolate caramel. Um, it definitely is a very solid cup of coffee. Um, no like extreme caramel, no extreme chocolate. It was very a good blend, a very clean taste, very smooth. Um, definitely a coffee that I could drink daily, like morning, night, didn't matter when I could roast this and, and drink it. I was I would definitely allow you to send me more for oh. sure. Um <laughs> anytime you want. Um yeah, but no, I, I would buy this coffee. It's great. Um, my wife loved it. I loved it. Um, I had a couple of friends over, they tried it. They, they absolutely loved it. And, and you could put it in the cabinet and I, I can smell it from like <laughs> so far away. Cause it's just so fresh. Um, and it's just got a great, great coffee smell. It's, um, I, I was stoked. I, I definitely, definitely loved it. And I'm very thankful that you sent it to me. My um, wife did. Yeah. And that's, yeah. uh, I know you're telling the truth because you sent us coffee last time and you're like, yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was nervous, man. I was like, I'm like, Oh, I hope I like this coffee. Cause um, nah, gotta be honest. <laughs> no, but it was, it was really good. Um, yeah. It's a very solid, great coffee. Definitely. Worth yeah. the I'd, lo- I'd love to try the other ones too. That's a damn That's good review. I say, I say, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, I had the Uganda, Budutta coffee and it was it's just the dark (laughs) which i love that the dark uh you know it had notes of uh dark chocolate earthy rich and the one word that i have for this is just it's just smooth yeah like um, yeah and and i know when i say this is like i'm not meaning that it's like mud like i'm and i made it that way but it's it's thick like not like there's grounds in the coffee or anything like that but it's just like it's like real it's like the taste is just so thick and smooth and i could definitely taste the dark chocolate which i love dark chocolate so the the that coming through in the coffee is so good and i tell you what else i love about this i love grinding this coffee because it smells even better when you grind it like it just wafts in the air and it's just it's almost like um this morning, uh, Lindsay got up early and uh, she ground the coffee and everything, and I could smell it. As soon as she started grinding it, I could smell it. And it was like I, I was floating down the stairs coming to get the coffee. It was like, uh, it's like just, cartoon style. Yeah, that cartoon style. Like you're kind of floating after the smell. Uh, it was, it's just so, so, so good. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I just want to say that, that, that Libby is a saint for me this coffee. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, Lindsay loved it. it it's, it's just a good coffee. I'm so glad. And we have been doing the same thing, Wiley. We've been drinking, like, budget coffee, too. And uh, some good stuff. But, you know, like you said, just budget stuff. And uh, it was a treat to get this. I was so excited. Well, we didn't, I, didn't, I didn't realize how much money we were spending on coffee until she broke it down the budget. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? This could be a car payment. Right? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy how 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 expensive that stuff can get real fast. But mm-hmm. yeah, so Adds up quick. So well, cool, this, Libby, this you did it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Made all three of us happy and for real. 
Very yeah. happy. Not, no lie. No lie. <laughs> we be coffee happy. We be coffee happy. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, do, do you know what the price range was for it? Is it like... Oh, you know what? I'm only guessing, but I want to say like 14. Okay. That's reasonable. But that's a guess. Because I think she told me that, but I can't be sure. Was you, she, was you, she did all this. She bought, she picked it out. She bought it. This is all her. This is not me at all. Like she did everything. So, so did, was yours smooth too? Like, like mine super and smooth, super uh, smooth. I think it's, do you think it's cause it's, it's washed. Like it's, it was very clean. Like, I don't know, like a clean and smooth. Those are the two words that kept coming to my, my head when I was trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah. I mean, say, if I knew more about coffee, I might be able to answer that, but I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if how many times you wash it makes it smooth. I guess I should. Cause we have a podcast with the word coffee in it, but I don't. <laughs> and, and yeah, it is $14. I just checked $14 oh, nice. for a 12 ounce bag. Yeah. So nice. that's a good price. It's a decent price. Yeah. 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 I remembered. Yes. Cool. So there, so there it is. Fresh pots, coffee review. We told you it was a good one. And Take us is. out of here, Mick. All right, here we go. It's it's super exciting and awesome to have uh, our next guest on the show. We have Kate from 108 on. And if you don't know Kate, we're <laughs> freaking out a little bit. <laughs> Are you? Oh, my God. Yes. So <laughs> you don't need to freak out. Trust me. <laughs> well, you know, I was uh, – my wife and I were talking the other day about um, – I mean, it was – it had to be at least 94 uh, – uh, my band Zeo, we had a few days off, and so we decided we were going to drive from West Virginia all the way to DC. And so we drove straight through. Our car broke down. We didn't give up. We walked about five miles and hopped the train and got got into DC. And we got to see you all and uh, Damnation AD. And I'm pretty sure Shelter played too. It was in this little club uh, you kind of walked down into in DC, and it was one of the best shows I remember. My young '94. 1994 heart could take it was so awesome so uh, i mean it's funny because when you're younger it's like you're so like you're so all in like every fiber of your being cares and you're like <laughs> it's actually it's actually related to why why hardcore kids become like go on pilgrimages to india and it's no big deal because it's like we've already done pilgrimages i just like realized i made the connection i, I did this whole article on like why so many people from hardcore became like yoga teachers or spiritual teachers. And there's actually one pretty famous 
uh, teacher of Buddhism that is like an old hardcore kid. And I, I realized it's like we spent our whole life like in dedication to something like 100% of the way. And then, you know, so it's funny when I've, I mean, I have a million stories like that where you're like frozen on the bottom of a van, but some band is playing, so you have to go. <laughs> Right. Almost die and you get there and it's like the greatest, you know. So yeah. I, I got a I got a question. So you kind of talking about that whole early era, like so what was it like to, to be part of that, like that early nineties, late nineties, um, New York City hardcore, and then you're kind of seeing it come back around now because you know that 90s influence is huge right now in music and fashion pretty much everything everywhere you look is 90s 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 right yeah yeah and they started wearing big pants again and i was like oh yeah (laughs) right is it is it cool like because i'm sure like everybody else you're quite caught up in it then being young Um, but is it cool kind of looking and seeing it come back around and and seeing what's doing in the, the hardcore community i mean i think it's like for me it was interesting because i was like um I'm old enough that my, like, that the sort of the heart of like where it was like my full, the full embodied experience of hardcore was probably more like 1986 to maybe nine, you know, nine, early 90s. Yep. And then I got a little bit jaded, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I was like in college and then I didn't get jaded because I was in college. It's just like, it just shifted. The energy in New York was like different people. Were, it was kind of moving toward this post hardcore, you know, so like the early hardcore was like agnostic front and, yeah. you know, bands like that. And then, you know, like in, in some ways I think of Gorilla Biscuits as like a newer band, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so then it kind of shifted a little bit. And I guess for me, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Like, I, I, I also took a long break from hardcore. I mean, I didn't really. I just wasn't like playing, and I wasn't necessarily at shows because I was raising small ch- children, which I guess you guys are now, so you understand. Yeah. Yep. So for me, I just, you know, you play and you do your thing, and then I kind of was raising my kids and working in the garden and this and that. You know, we, my husband and I, own equal vision, so I wasn't totally disconnected. Mm-hmm. But I was sort of, I guess I was sort of surprised at the impact that 108 really had on so many different people. Right. And um, I was talking to the guy from Decibel Magazine, and he's doing some type of a book. And he was just saying that, you know, he was talking about how 108 had this, like, it's not just like a band. It's like, it's like more than a band. And I actually... I, I feel like I can say that partially mm-hmm. because I didn't create... I might have added, but I didn't create the sound of 108. That's really Vic. You know, it's right. a lot of that is so much of that is Vic. So, uh, so for me, I can, I feel like I can be a little external and say it with like, no, you know, I'm not saying it like I made this, but you know, being part of it and then seeing the impact that it had on so many people, it's kind of amazing. And then, yeah, I love seeing, I love seeing trends come back around. I love seeing right. Big pants and the stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I love it. And I also, yeah, just just the man, the amount of people I know that I knew when I was like a teenager is like so many people. And I think I'm realizing now how rare that is. Right, that's a hardcore phenomenon. So I always thought it was crazy. Like I was 
heavily involved in like the whole 90s spirit filled hardcore like the the christian scene and from being in zay yeah. we we toured a lot with strong arm and overcome and all those guys and the band that always came up that we always talked about that we always listened to a ton was 108 we and all those guys talked about you guys they were you know we were super excited when uh you know we would bring bring it up we would talk about it and i and i honestly think um that it had an influence on us to be as positive as you all were and also bring light to certain subjects that might not have been cool to talk about at the time in with politics and 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 relating to people and, and all of that and and you guys had a big influence on us I don't know. I don't know if, if you knew that or not, but and it, it might sound it might sound weird, but it was huge to us. And uh, well, it was- I mean, I I hope you know. I think any spiritual like leanings and any whether it's you know how it how it kind of like manifested in hardcore music, which is hard to explain to people that didn't experience that. They're like, how do those two things go together? But I have two things to say about this. One is, and I think this this concept does come from Christianity, which is the dark night of the soul. You know this concept? Yeah. So I think there was a Christian saint who spoke about it. And it's like, it's the moment that you experience where you where you just like wonder if anything has any meaning at all. Yeah. And, you know, or like some type of an existential crisis. I think it was like St. John of the Cross or something. Yes. And he had this... The dark night of the soul is like the moment before you have your spiritual awakening. And I feel like hardcore was this like, it was like a fertile ground for that to ripen for us to like travel through the dark night of the soul together. And however that manifested for different people in different spiritual paths was just, you know, like in, in, this is something that is very particular to like Hinduism and Bhakti yoga, which is that there's Mm -hmm. something called the Ishta Devata or the Ishta Devi. So that, you know, so the, the goddess or like in Christianity, they really revere Mary as the goddess and they talk about the Holy Spirit as being the goddess actually. So that's okay. really interesting because a lot of Christians are like, we don't really know what the Holy Spirit is, but the Hindus are like, we do. Yep, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think that got lost. I think it got lost along the way. And it was, yeah. it was probably more prevalent in earlier Christianity, but um, one thing that we say is that that you know God manifests to each of us exactly how we need God to manifest to us. So if it if it turns into I don't know sons of Abraham, or I, I was trying to think of all the different like uh, all the different hardcore genres of like what type of like spirituality. I mean the Krishna right. thing was heavy, but yeah. there were other people doing it other ways. So I think like you know. It's just however you you need it to be. Then, of course, if you're talking about some like a divine being, they they can just adjust to be to meet you where you're at. That's like a spiritual quality. The great sacred teachers meet you where you're at. Why wouldn't why wouldn't the greatest the the one do that? So, I think for us, and also the other thing that Vic was really really good at, and I marvel at it now, um, is that he was able to take all these like really deep esoteric topics and turn them into like lyrics for our yeah, band. Right. Like, I don't even know how, like what was what he was channeling, but when I read back on it, I'm like, this is profound actually. And we were kids and somehow he did it. And somehow <laughs> it's crazy, actually, you know, but it, it worked. So 
Yeah, and I always thought how it, yeah. to, that's the beautiful <laughs> thing with hardcore is that um especially in that time frame is there just seemed to be a lot of camaraderie like people could work together talk together talk about things work through things and there was no like it didn't feel like there was a whole lot of animosity going on it felt like we you know there was a lot of clicking uh to working together and being together for me at least i always i always felt that um uh, we we played with a we played with a band from wheeling west virginia called bala a lot and they were a krishna van and it was some of the greatest times that i ever had um and sitting down and talking with them and just sharing uh difference in spirituality and and ideas and thoughts which is honestly some of those conversations through my deconstruction from christianity to where i am now i go back to those things and hear those things and and even the conversation that we had with um uh god godhead godhead yeah yeah, yeah. uh the yeah. guitar player from godhead yeah yeah they're they're cool they're like that's like the new wave that's the new yeah. wave of like yeah. happening now you know which i think is which to me is like oh my god is this is this still like happening and it, it is <laughs> right yeah it's happening all over and people are still it's funny because the the guy that was the the sort of like the spiritual teacher of the philadelphia temple Who's you know he's I think he's he's almost eighty years old now, but he was the one that like he sort of like he's like this PhD like Ivy League completely brilliant. His name is Rabindus Farup. If, if you want to <laughs> try to write that one down, <laughs> but he um, he saw something in what we were doing, and he was like they they they've got something they've got something unique, and he like really supported us in our. And what we were doing, he didn't think it was like not traditional enough or like it was too weird to be of value or whatever. And so like, I still know him now, like and he got older enough. He moved into, uh, he moved up, up to upstate New York and he lives in our neighborhood. And it's just so, it's so amazing to, um, to like still have a relationship with him. And I think at the time we thought he was like 900 years old, but he was probably like, <laughs> <laughs> well we were we were teenagers you know and he let us yeah. do our crazy thing and he still kind of guided us along and you know he was one of the rare gurus who was married so his wife was like our dead mother and she kind of guided us along and they believed in us and also I thought to myself this this dude is like a hundred but he was like 50 and he's still he's still kind of punk rock like he's actually still punk rock like he didn't he didn't abandon his principles to like do something else. Like he's still doing the same thing. And he always makes a joke that to be like a devotee, you had to be a double dropout in the sixties. Like first you had to drop out and be a hippie. Then you had to drop out of being a hippie to be, you know, a, a, a devotee. And then the same way, like, I guess the hardcore kids are like at least double dropouts, maybe even more. I feel like I, kept, I keep dropping out and finding more stuff at, at the bottom, you know, all the good stuff. No, no mud, no lotus. <laughs> what was it? What was it like um, taking such a like a long break? I mean, obviously, you said you, you um, own Equal Visions, which I'm sure kept you pretty busy for the years. But but taking that time off and then coming back and playing live shows that must have been awesome. Like, well, it's like it was interesting because I I didn't even own a guitar. I I, gave, I, I sold my because I had this orange ESP and I. I sold it. I kind of like, you know, I had little kids. I didn't have too much money. I needed some money. I sold the guitars. I didn't even have, I had literally not picked up a guitar at all. I mean, 
when my kids got like to be teenagers a little bit, they wanted to play guitar. So I'd like tootle around on like their acoustic guitars or something, my, my oldest child. And then, um, but I hadn't really played at all. And then they would ask me sometimes and I'd be like, Oh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> it's a weird energy. You're like being a mom and you're like being all hyper nurturing. And then suddenly you're being like right. playing hard. <laughs> so I've, I've been able to show the balance with that now, but I didn't know how to mix those energies. So it was crazy. I just, they said, well, why don't you just come play like maybe four songs? Like they just coaxed me into it. So I just like, borrowed this acoustic guitar and then I was just playing like, deathbed on the acoustic guitar in my bedroom and like and then I just literally went and I played for a few minutes in the back stage with trivia and then I just plugged in and played like live in front of them. nice so I mean part of me was like just terrified I was like I hope I can do this but as soon as like as soon as like you know it was like Right. I like, oh, you know, I did struggle. I'll admit, I did struggle when we did those songs of separation because we played like 27 songs and it was like actually hard for me to remember all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I had to make myself little sure. notes, like, because it wasn't, you know, because I'd taken such a long time off from playing guitar. Like, I had to, I had to kind of like reteach myself how to play guitar. So that was a little bit hard, actually. <laughs> I was like, no, but I played other instruments and I played music and stuff, but I just hadn't been playing the guitar. And the, and when I make music's a little, it's technical. So, right. But you know, I hung in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I got over my thing. I used to be so freaked out that if I didn't play well, people would decide that girls in general couldn't, that sucked uh, at their instruments, which, which definitely was what everyone thought. For sure. I mean, that was definitely something I pushed up against mm-hmm. a lot. So mm-hmm. I was like self hyper self-conscious about it before. And then now I was like, fuck it. <laughs> you know, who cares? <laughs> right. Like there's also a lot of really like a lot more women playing in bands and they're all better than me. But like, I just realized <laughs> that I, I, I hope that Vinny Stigma hears me say this, but, and it's kind of said as a joke and it's kind of loving, but like, if he doesn't touch his guitar and just holds it and is on stage, it's like enough, you know, and, he's, and I realize, yeah, why not? You know, like people want him there for so many reasons that are, isn't like, you know, being the, the, uh, chopsiest guitar player. So I thought if he can do it, why not? Right. Why not? Me? Right. <laughs> Godmothers of hardcore grandmothers of hardcore. That's awesome. Yeah, why not? Um, but it, it was a, it was an adrenaline rush. Like I've never experienced in my life. Right. I'll wow. that. And, and also it was funny cause my, my kid Kalini was watching and they were like, mom, I just had no idea. Like they didn't know that I like <laughs> none of my kids saw me like that. And then, yeah, it was interesting. So awesome. it was interesting having that happen. Where, um, did you, are you a yoga instructor? Do you, do you do that? Or, um, is it just, um, yeah. You do, you do instructing. How long? I mean, I honestly, I honestly have very little to do with, with equal vision. I don't do very much there. That's mostly Steve. And I have um, worked there off and on and, you know, do this and that, but mostly I've been, you know, teaching yoga and I I was, I was a basketball coach for a while. And then, then I taught at a Montessori preschool and, you know, things like that. But, um, right. I still teach yoga. I run a yoga teacher training school. So. That's awesome. 
That's yeah. awesome. So you're, you're like you like direct support for Equal Vision, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, I'm the backstage manager. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, Mick, like, you want to ask her? Um, so we, we we both saw something over yeah. the last week online, and I, I think you might have got um, a whiff of it. But um, so first off, huge props to who I'm going to bring up, Kelly at Sisterhood. Uh, Straight Edge is an amazing person. Um, I absolutely love what she does for everybody. Um, I can't say enough good things. Kelly rocks. So, but we saw a, a post where someone was being um, not cool, and um, it, we we want to talk about it because this kind of stuff's important. I, I think um, you know what the the your band stands for. You know, positive um, thinking, and you know what that what was said online. Um, did, did you run into a lot of that stuff back in the day or, um, you know, I, don't, I mean, I yeah. just... <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it was, a, it was an interesting combination of, well, I, the way I experienced it was that a lot of the men, boys were so, they were so navel gazing. It was almost like I was just, I, it wasn't even like a conscious choice for them to push me to the periphery. It was like, I didn't matter at all. It was like, right. who cares? Now they were so, which, which I thought was hilarious because I, if you think like, if, this, if you think of the stereotype of straight edge boys and all stereotypes, you know, have some, they come right. from something. It's like the most boy energy, like boys adoring other boys, imitating boys, wearing the same clothes as other boys. Isn't that? <laughs> And what's interesting about it was I was, I was interviewed for some, some, like, it was actually a Krishna guy interviewing me and he's like, but wasn't it hard for you to maintain? And I was like, no, I was just perfectly happy being straight edge the entire time. And he's like, yeah, all the men that all the guys that I interviewed and he's like, Priscilla and Ray and all those, he's like, they said it was really hard for them. And they, you know, they fell off the bandwagon and had to like conceal it and crawl back up. And I was like, yeah, no, it wasn't a big deal for me. You know, like for me, it was such an internal choice and I had no, there was no ego attached to it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't manifest any ego, anything, because no one cared, you know, and I wasn't, I couldn't really be in the inner circle. There wasn't, and there wasn't, there wasn't like women of the pit and there wasn't all this like sisterhood stuff because quite honestly, there were so few girls. It wasn't even like you were going to form that. So one very straight, famous straight edge person and a famous straight edge band who shall not be named just out of hardcore etiquette once said to me, girls can't be straight edge. The only purpose for girls is to stand on the side of the stage when bands play. Ooh. Oh God. <laughs> Yikes. And, and I was like, wow, that's amazing. That is amazing coming from you because you're like a everyone's idol. So I was like, um, and I'm sure you guys <laughs> just loved it. But um, it was interesting. And, it, you know, so I just kind of like, I just kind of just kept going, you know. And I, I have had a lot of women now say like, thank you. Cause I just stuck in there, you know, when I was, and I, I said, I tell this story a lot, but when I went to this, I think it was like a 65 date tour. Like the first, the first like tour that when I did was with shelter. And I think, you know, how hardcore shows have like six bands every day. I right. think so. If you multiply six bands times 65, I'm not no math major, but it's a lot of people, right. four or five guys. 
I think there was one other girl that played other than me and all of those bands combined. That's crazy. And it was like, you know, it just was a, just so, so it was interesting for me because that was the energy, like people, like someone threw a bra at me at, at uh, the city garden show. Like someone actually like took the time to get a bra, pack it in their bag, carry their bag to the car, carry the bag into the show make their way to the front of the stage just to do that. You know, it's like a lot of effort. And I was yeah. just like, I'm not sure what your message is, but I know you're trying to like body shame me somehow. And I was just like, you know, so there was, there was a lot of that. I mean, but I think in general, you know, like I was just reading this list of nine things that women couldn't do until the 1990s. What? One of them until 1988 so imagine I was at I was in eleventh grade in 1988. Women could not get a loan to start a business without the signature of their father or their husband. Holy shit! Wow. 1988. So that's crazy. Until until the 1970s, they did not allow women to compete in Olympics. I mean, in marathons, they didn't let women run marathons. The first woman that ran a marathon just like fucking put up, she was wearing, they didn't even have women's running shoes and she was a small, she still does. I think she still runs marathons. She, she put, put on a pair of nursing shoes and like some cutoffs and she like ran this, like basically what's still a world-class time. But like, you have to realize like, so hard, I mean, there were punks, there were a lot of punk women, but in hardcore it was very male dominant and you know, I mean, I think probably for a woman, I have a lot of decent sized male energy to like toss around in the arena. But, you know, there was there was a lot of there's a lot there was a lot to be desired <laughs> playing music. So and that attitude of like, I thought it was so interesting, you know, like you're you're in the like that that post that someone made was like women are just trying to get attention by pretending they're straight. It's like, right. Really? And then then women are just trying to slut it up. It's like, okay, so what you're saying, what you're still saying is women shouldn't enjoy sex. Right. Is that what you're really I, saying? I, you're really saying. And then if they do, there's something wrong with them. And if they're, and then they're just using, they're using their sluttiness to, to become straight edge. I was like, that is so archaic and so interesting. You know, and so like I just feel like we're ready for this totally new era where it's like, you know, like we're, you know, just even the whole power dynamics between men and women, it's like, you know, this whole thing of women are like victims of like everything. And it's like we're not victims of everything. You know, we we have agency, we make decisions about things, and we can be straight edge whether you think we like there's just all this male gatekeeping. Right. And it's like you don't you don't need to, you know, you're not in charge of like the criterium and the, you know, the, the, whatever, the, the membership card of straight edge, like straight edge is a decision that you make on an internal level. So, you know, becoming hardcore isn't like, there's not like a, there's not like a, you know, a bar you have to pass to get to it. So it's just interesting how much, you know, and there's, you know, I guess like, you know, Jawbreaker had had a song critiquing that, you know, because you have all the the hard the New York hardcore people being like, they're not hardcore, you know, and they're like, really? <laughs> you know, there is a little bit of that, but I feel like that's just that's like some kind kind of like weird old energy that we just we can dissolve that now. We can go right on ahead and dissolve that. 
I, I think we're ready for that as a society and hardcore. I found out even more now than ever really reflects what is happening in the rest of the larger society. And you see that with like the different types of people who call themselves hardcore. Like some of them are like right wing Trump supporters and some of them are Right. You're like, wait a minute. That's not my. <laughs> right. And then you have, you know, I posted something for Pride, and like basically everyone in 108 who has kids that are like, I mean, except Trivi's kid, kid is tiny, but like all our kids are basically queer and like trans. And not, I have one pretty average middle sort of son who is just, you know, he's straight, I think so far, or, you know, he thinks he is so far, but like, so we're like, of course we're going to support pride. Like, of course we are. And even if our kids weren't, even if it wasn't like close to our hearts, of course we were. I got some, I got some, like, you guys are assholes and stuff. And I was like, Ooh, I love it. Black, black, black. (laughs) And there's, you know, but there is, there, there are, you know, there, there was no allowance for sort of like, any type of diversity, you know, in in our whole society. So it's not surprising that, you know, if you got raised in a family like that, you could go one of two ways. You could totally reject that, or you could find out that you're just like your dad played, you know, like when you get to be 50. Well, we've seen a lot of these sort of hyper dad, uncle, uh, sort of like creepy uncle types emerging. (laughs) Like I was surprised. I was like, I didn't know, you know. That's, um, a, that's I, the perfect term, creepy uncle. It's like creepy uncle hardcore. I, <laughs> it's like the uncle that you're like, oh no, he's coming to Thanksgiving dinner and right. he's going to bring <laughs> up like whatever, you know, like there's a lot of that. And, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, that's pretty hard for me, but I, I also know that there's just a whole bunch. It runs the whole range. I guess I was just surprised to find that out, you know, because this whole style of music for me and the whole lifestyle has been much, has had a political sort of uh, theoretical component to it. And it always has, and it always will for me. And for me, that's what punk rock was about. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, to me, feminism is punk rock to me, you know, acceptance of all different types of people is punk rock, all of those things. But, you know, of course, I don't also want to become a gatekeeper either. So, right, right. <laughs> you know, I feel like um, like seeing that though, like kind of got me aggravated because I felt like we're past those things, and then uh, someone always has to come back and bring it back around. But like in the, in general, what I see going on in the punk rock and hardcore um, scene is is a lot more community, a lot more acceptance, um, and yes. I feel like that that's really grown and it's just taking off. So for these people online that, you know, like to be tough and, and gatekeeping and stuff, it's just, they need to find something else to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And like, to be honest, like, to be honest, um, I feel like the best thing about hardcore is that we're able to converse about these things where we actually yeah. dialogue about them. And, and there's this whole, like, I, I went back to graduate school that, <laughs> This year, when I after I dropped my son off, I was like, I think I'll go get that PhD I was always looking for. <laughs> um, so I'm actually right now in the master's program, and it's really interesting because they did all these these studies about like the online communities and how they do polarize people so much. Because even if if you're standing there with your creepy uncle 
Actually, I don't really have a creepy uncle. I come from this like absolutely crazy leftist family. Like my uncle's like, oh, did I ever tell you the time I was walking home from, um, hold on one second. This is really ridiculous. But my husband is literally calling me from the Bane show right now. And I need to at least tell him I'm still doing the podcast. He's, he's probably like, are you coming? It's like, no. So um, the thing is when you're standing there with your creepy uncle and he says something that's totally like women all belong in the kitchen, you get to look him in the eye and say, why do you think that? When you're online, there's no humanity. Right. So there's no progress. Right. And you might see my creepy uncle is just a really scared guy. And that's actually what the problem is. And so he's posturing all this stuff because he, because he's frightened of the world now and you could have some compassion for him, you know? And so like, that's this difficulty with the online community situation, which is that it it creates this like lack of humanity and this barrier, you know, where you don't actually get to make progress and hardcore did. We, I mean, people used to, you know, like it's, it's a, here's an interesting thing. And I, you know, I've kind of, made contact with him again but like I, my Sam McFeeters who sang for Born Against do you guys remember Born mm-hmm. Against it? yeah yeah yep. so he 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 actually went to high school with my brothers and is from Albany and um you know he was a part of a whole group of like punks who like were really anti-religion and they were anti-religion for all the reasons that you should be anti-religion. It's, you know, because people, it, right. religion sometimes causes people to fight or causes people to have, lose their personality or not, not, you know, or just become blind followers. And, you know, I've been, I've been guilty of all of those things, you know, to some degree or, or other. Um, and so they were against that. But um, so at the same time, like, I loved him. Like he was super cool. Like I was like, all right. So he's like, you know, anti-Krishna, whatever. And they were like, you know, doing all these things. And he even wrote this song, Eulogy, which was like about yep. Steve. <laughs> and then Steve finally saw him and he goes, Sam, I wasn't dead. I was just in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, it was like, Steve's dead. And I wasn't even offered a chance to say goodbye. And it was like really drama and stuff. But mm-hmm. Steve was, and then when Sam wrote his book, I was like, Sam, I read your book. It's really good. He was like, I figured you hated me. I was like, you figured wrong. I never hated you. You know, so there is this like, who does that? I mean, outside of hardcore, when you have these like ultra divergent opinions, you generally kind of and, and algorithms drive this too. That was part of the research we were doing. So algorithms. So like if you always post pro gun things, the algorithms push you toward the pro gun people, then you become more pro gun. If you, if you're, you know, whatever whatever your flavor is you get pushed your in your online community gets all the people whose opinions are different from yours they get sweeted out by algorithms so you wind up thinking everyone thinks like you and then you lose your your lose your ability to sort of have perspective that oh there's actually really good people who don't think like me and i can still like them too and we can just not agree on everything i mean there's obviously some things that if you're treading on other people's rights, I'm not going to agree right. with you on that, but right. there are some things that it's, you know, so it's, it's finding those subtleties and hardcore was good at that. Hardcore is really good at that. We, we talked about those things. So like you were saying, like 
you might have had a totally different spiritual path, but you hung out with the Krishna kids and you had like a, a ball. And that's right. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And you you were able to receive some essence of like what we were going through spiritually that made mm-hmm. sense to you and was universal in some way. Right. So that's really cool. Yeah. So let, let's uh let's uh we'll we'll start wrapping things up and and that way okay. Because we, because we know who's in town, and we know, oh, like if you, ha- you might have a chance to go see him. Bane, Bane <laughs> just probably just finished, and I told oh, Aaron, and it, <laughs> I, I, it's okay. I get to hang out with him before, and I'll, I'll go, I'll just go see them somewhere else. It's totally okay. cool. But maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go like dance to newfound glory or something like that. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> so, uh, the show's coffee and hardcore. Do you, do you drink coffee? I do. So tell me nope. about coffee and hardcore. We we just like coffee a whole lot and we like hardcore music. So they just kind of got combined together. Right. <laughs> so we normally ask it. folks like so what we normally ask like what's your what's your go-to coffee? Like is there a shop that you like to go to? Is there something you like to brew at home? Like what's your go-to? I mean, I like it's it's interesting but like I I love I actually like all different types of coffee. Like, and if you ever go to India, they make coffee that's like mostly like it's mostly sugar and then like some like soluble coffee. And I, I, but somehow when they make it, it's like really good. And I I also like gas station coffee, perfectly fine. I'm like, all right, this is good. (laughs) Like in New York, we have this thing called Stewart's and they even have silk creamer now. And I'm like, it's like a dollar, but I love all kinds of coffee from like Turkish coffee to like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> like just literally anything. It's, it's funny. Cause I was having this talk with Mike judge. Have you guys had Mike judge on the show? No, not have you yet. Guys no, we want to. So he lives in Albany. So he makes French press every morning. And he's like, the water has to be 212 degrees. He's like, he's like, I start thinking about it at night before I go to bed. Like, I can't wait to wake up. And it's funny because my my mom is Scandinavian and they're like, she used to make us like baby coffee. Do you know about baby coffee? No. It might be particular to Norwegians, but I've heard that in South America too. She would make, we had these little, like, little toy cups that were like from a tea set and she would put like milk and sugar and then a little taste of coffee in there. And then it's funny. And then she was like so mad at me when I didn't start drinking coffee. We just drink like a ton of coffee. I guess it's like the highest coffee, coffee drinking culture in the world. So like, she was like so relieved. She was like, oh, we can be friends again. <laughs> so yeah, awesome. it's hilarious. So one of one of the last questions we normally ask is do you have like a guilty like guilty pleasure like album or tv show that like if people found out that you listen to this or or watch this they'd be like are you kidding me really <laughs> <laughs> and we've had some crazy ones so oh really oh my yes. god <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm a person that's not subjected to normal embarrassment. Like hardly anything embarrasses me. And I also like, (laughs) this could partially be a New Yorker thing. My sister lives in the Midwest now and she's like, I tell people stuff. And they're like, you don't tell people those things. And she's like, oh, I tell them on the first day. (laughs) So I I have to (laughs) 
I think it would be funnier if I told you how many of the like tough guy hardcore like guys actually watch like Downton Abbey and then like write to right. me about right. it. And I'm like what do you right. do? And they're like, I can't believe Sybil, blah blah blah. You know. So I did go through. I did watch every single episode of Jane the Virgin. Every single episode start to mm-hmm. finish. <laughs> I don't think that's embarrassing because that show is awesome. And then I won't, so I don't think I'm embarrassing as a musical listener, as an adult, but I will tell you that I was a hardcore Menudo fan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I, I, was used to get the- I was too when I you was You liked Menudo? Yes. Yes. I, I, I started to like, I started to be into music when I was really little. So the first, the first, like the first vinyl that I got, it's even, it's actually even almost a little worse, but now I realize. Maybe it's cool. The first vinyl I got with John Denver. I was like, I oh, love it. This no. is so good. <laughs> yeah, I love John Denver. And then <laughs> I don't know. I think like my friend's dad was listening to it. And then I was like, Can I get this John Denver vinyl? <laughs> I had like one of those old-fashioned record players that was like a piece of furniture. And yes. then the speakers were like, and then after that, I got the menudo records. <laughs> and I had like nice. I had like every menudo on vinyl. Oh God. And I had all the Teen Beat magazines. Like I used to go to the supermarket with my mom and go straight to the Teen Beat magazines. And I was like, oh no, whoever it is has gotten too old for Menudo and they're replacing him. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny seeing your kids. I, like, I want to come up with a more embarrassing, like I need I need some suggestions on TV shows. Like it's somehow if you're female, then it's like you can get away. Like I love watching the mid. Or call the midwives. I love that one. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that? I, I mean, yes. it tells the whole. It tells <laughs> a quite a long history of like women's reproductive health. It's quite a good one. But like, I love anything that's like my my friend Jeff. Um, he named my, the genre of TV show and movie that I like that I like the most. And his his wife, who's a good friend of mine, her name is Stacia. She told me it's called historical boning (laughs) (laughs) anything where there's like victorian women like getting it on but they pan away before anything happens but they're like they're they're ruffled or whatever i'm like this is so great so i did watch what is it like bridgerton i watched all of bridgerton so yeah yeah, we anyway um, i I don't even know is that even embarrassing i think it would be like embarrassing if Mike Judge confesses to watching Bridgerton, but if I do, you guys are like, whatever, yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I want to hear what your embarrassing thing is. Oh, I listen, I, right. I I watch I watch uh I've watched all of Downton Abbey. I've seen the movie. I want to see the new movie. Uh I've I know. Watched, I've watched the majority of Call of the Midwife. Um I came in and my wife was watching it and I just sat down and slowly I kept asking her questions. I'm like, who is that? What are they doing? Why is this happening? What's going right. on? I got sucked in. I, I, yeah, I love that. I, like, a, I love a show with some good, strong nuns. I love yes. some nuns. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have a huge, I have a huge crush on Stanley Tucci. So, like, okay. I watch his, okay. I watch his Italian, the the Searching for Italy, the where mm-hmm. he goes to all the. I, ah, I, I, I can that? watch that all day long. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. My wife nice. Bought, my wife bought his 
his new book. She got it for me and it's autographed and all this stuff. It was like the greatest, oh my God. It was like the greatest <laughs> birthday present I ever got. Like, yes. <laughs> right. I like, I love hearing like the hardcore drummers who are like, yeah, I love the nature shows on PBS. I'm like, okay. And I were like guy from cannibal corpse and he does the, uh, like he has his like Instagram page, but it's like, he shows what sales are happening at target. Yes. I'm like, this is the content I was looking. This is this is it right here. Like, so good. I mean, like, what? Who doesn't want that? I mean, like, only psychos don't want to see where the toes are. Right. I was like, oh my god, I love it so much. So funny, yeah. All right, well, thank you guys so much for having me on. Sorry about the little like today. I was just like, oh no, Bane is playing. I, you know what it is? Like, I just. I haven't been paying attention. Like I, I was in graduate school and every second of the last year of my life was completely scheduled. Right. And I just finished over the last three weeks. And suddenly I'm like, there's no calendar. There's no time. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm free. You know? So I, I just started to, like, I was like, okay, I, my calendar, which is underneath my computer now, which is this, you know, was still in it was still in April. <laughs> there was like one little page in May, which was like this paper due, this paper due. So anyway, thanks so much, you guys. It was really thank fun. You. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. I don't know. We didn't talk about 108 that much, but that's that's <laughs> any last questions? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll get Mike. Okay. We're just gonna ask do you guys have anything coming up soon or anything you're gonna drop or any new stuff? Well, or? we're we're trying to, yeah. I mean, so Vic lives in Japan, so it's tricky. So we're we are trying to like we are trying to at the very least play some shows, mm-hmm. um, and in December, and the, we're starting out booking some shows on the East Coast, and then um, and we share a drummer with Madball, so Mike plays in 108, and then he plays in Madball. So we're trying to like keep the balance because that's how he makes his livelihood and we love to play with him the most. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're just trying to find that balance and then, you know, um, and Trivi and, and I have started to write a little bit of music, but we really need Vic to come in and we, but we got to kind of pull him out of Japan because he gets, right. <laughs> he goes into these like deep spiritual states of like Nirvana ecstasy. And we're like, Hey buddy, come on back. Write some, <laughs> write some riffs. Right. <laughs> he's, he's made astrology. He's very intellectual, so, you know. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. It was really fun. All right. Thank you. Okay. I guess we'll talk soon. And uh, let me know when this thing comes out or whatever. I should tell my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Definitely. My mom doesn't care. She really doesn't. My mom, I have to just say, I'll say one last thing. We'll end it with mom core. Nice. My mom used to let every band sleep overnight at our house when I was in high school. I was like, mom, jawbreakers in town. She's like, okay. She let all these different, she let like, be like, can they pick, can they carry some wood inside? Or she would like give them little tasks to do. That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. She made, she made the guys from Agnostic Front move her wood stove. That's and she kept Craig. <laughs> That's awesome. We told her Craig same with Craig with Craig Craig Satari was in in a classic friend. We told her 
His name is Craig AF. So she kept being like, so incredible. <laughs> Such good stuff. Now my kids think I'm an idiot. So it's my karma. All right. <laughs> I'll see you guys Thank later. You. All right. Easy. Thank you. All right. It's that time of the show. It's hardcore time. We're going to do some amazing reviews. So Woo! I'm going to start, I'm gonna yeah. start it off. <laughs> here we here we go. Um, I'm bringing mine straight from uh, the UK, uh, Brighton actually, which seems to be having a, a pretty good scene these days. Um, the band is Negative Measures. Uh, the EP is Don't Let Them See Me. It was released May 13th on Pumpkin Records. Um, it, this is just so catchy, so groovy. Um, it's definitely a lot more punk um, than my usual. Um, but it's just, it's a great mix. It, it's almost like, a, get me like a refuse black flag kind of mixed with some New York hardcore. If you put all nice. that together. Um, yeah, that's a good, that, that's, yeah, that's good. That's where you get uh, negative measures from. Um, definitely super punky. I love the drums. The, the drums are just relentless. They just, just so groovy. And when you get the vocals together, it's just, it's really, it's killer thing. Ding. Punk hardcore. Um, my favorite song off the release is uh, Static Sign. So uh, that's what I'm going to drop. And I'll, I'll put a little side note. I found these guys back in 2020. They released a, um, a single, Beneath the Ground. And that is also amazing. Um, and I was looking forward to this. I'm kind of waiting. I think they might have got pushed back a little bit because of the whole COVID thing, um, just like everybody else in the world. But yeah, this is a, a very well put together EP. Go give it a listen. It's super punky, super hardcore, static sign. That's the song you're dropping? Yeah, definitely.
was a killer track. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Nick? Yeah. Dude, dude, I was so glad that you sent this. Uh, but here's the thing. This is so funny. That, like, I kind of got the the other coast vibe from this this record like i totally could hear in the first song i could totally hear like strife like a strife vibe yeah right and then and then we get to the second song and i totally heard an unbroken like vibe so it's like total cali kind of sound to to me that's what it felt like um it's just every every song has this vibe that just explodes i i love it i love this i love this ep i think it's got everything that you could want uh for an ep and uh you know the fact that they're they're coming from the uk that just tells me there's a good scene going on over there because this is just a just a really solid solid ep and um i i dig it i love it i love the guitar tones i love like you Mm -hmm. said i love the drums uh the vocals are just in your face i this is just a great record um yes. I, I want this on vinyl that's, <laughs> that's right. a, like I, I want it on vinyl is it available uh, i don't it know is I, I, on I, a, it, if you go to pumpkin records on their instagram it, it is available oh yeah, they have it on vinyl nice you got crazy colors or what i i didn't get that far i saw i saw it and it was i saw it clear i believe in that black um i actually just saw it tonight because i was i was figuring out who released the um the album and i'm like oh, i gotta go back and, and hit this pumpkin records uh page again kind of go through it so that's uh, that's on the list of things to do so what's your favorite track there mick uh i think it's going to be the same as is same as stevens i like static sign too that's a that's a that's a good 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 song well that's my favorite too damn it <laughs> <laughs> but are you are you still going with yours mr mick yeah i'm still gonna go with that song i i dig it um uh, yeah, because that's the one to me. That's the one that sounds like unbroken. So that's why that's why I'm drawn to it so much. That's cool. What do you What do cool. you think, Wiley? Well, I love the opening track. I don't owe you anything. I think like the, that drums with the steady beat and the guitars coming in and out with the vocals. I think that's pretty rad. Um, when it all comes together and hits you in the face with power, that's when I'm like, dude. That's when I knew. Like the intro, I was like, this is cool. But when it all came in, I was like, I like this man. Dun 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 dun. Like this is a solid four song EP for sure. Yeah. And like I said, Static Signs is my favorite jam on this EP. The guitar riff is so catchy. The guitar, I, I don't know, the guitarist in this band, is it there's there just one or is there two? I don't know if you like double tracks, but it is above and beyond for sure. The like feedback, maybe it's not even feedback, but it's like the ding 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 mm-hmm. that little like guitar solo part, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yes, it's, yep. it's stellar. You know, it like eat your heart out. What's that Rage Against Machine guy? Tom Morello. <laughs> it's so much cooler than anything Tom Morello did, has ever done. Um, I can't get enough of it. The musicianship is out of this world on this EP. And I'm definitely excited to see what's next and glad that you sent this. So good job. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty good stuff. I, I love the the um the guitar along with the the drum patterns, like especially the beginning of this and like the middle, it just brings it all back yeah. around. Pretty cool stuff. Show them. Yes. <laughs> Mick, Mick, what'd you get? Well, here's what, here's what I brought to the table. Oh, here we go. I brought bent blue. The album is between your and your came out three eighteen twenty two, And, uh, listen, 
I I was going to review this last month and we kicked it to this month and I was so disappointed because I really, really, really dig this record and I wanted to do everything I could to let other people know about it. I love the artwork. Uh, it's just, just the crazy. It's really cool. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> rad. Uh, I the, the vocals are just crazy super. It just, the dude just oozes emotion. Like, in, mm-hmm. in his lyrics and in his, and what he's what he's trying to present, I just he just sounds like a crazy man that would be going nuts on stage. He to me, I feel like he would have a vibe like, uh, uh, is it Aaron? Is the vocalist for Me Without You? Yes, Aaron Weiss. Like, yep. Yeah, like like in the early days, I don't know if he still is like this, but back in the early days, like he's face plants on the stage. Yes, yeah, just crazy. That's how I imagine this guy is because how how just emotional the vocals and the lyrics are um the guitars have that sassy old school snotty Ooh, sound sassy like snotty all like, at once yes like like <laughs> almost like kind of like a, a a bad brains gorilla biscuits kind of guitar sound like and even the guitars are just kind of sloppy is not the right word but it's just like just it's not really riffy it's just just like i don't know it's just Got that snotty sound like a chainsaw leaf blower. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you throw that in with the vocals, man. It just I oh I love it. I love it. And the song that I really really like is the first one. It's then ask why. Oh, that song is just really good, and it fits in with you know I, you know if you read the lyrics, it's it definitely talking about a lot of the stuff that's going on in you know, with uh, some of the crazy stuff with shootings going on in schools and different things like that. So it's definitely something that's in your face, grabs your attention, emotional, uh, you know, just out there trying to grab some attention and awareness too. So I just dig the song too. It's just so good. So yeah, I'm going to play that song right now. Do it. Here it comes.
<laughs> Dude, that song was so good. I know it's good, man. I'm good. I love it. So good. So what? I dig the I dig this record. Mick's always sending the different shit. Like he's always he's always mixing it up and keeping me on my hardcore toes for sure. It's definitely different. It almost it has like a Fugazi type production feel to yes, it. Yes, yes. That's the that yeah. was the other one I was thinking about. Yes. Like it's definitely like newer hardcore mixed with alternative punk, old school emo, and old school hardcore. It's just yes. weird. It's like the production is it sounds old but new at the same time. It's right. I, it's cool. Like I couldn't wrap my head around it. I think like the the vocals go in and out of sounding modern and old. Yeah, uh, it's definitely different, and I really enjoy listening to it. It's also, I think, it's very creative musically. I think yes. like it's all over the map in a, in a good way. Like uh, the title track between "Your" and "Your" is probably my favorite. I love the melody and the drums and the bass on this track. I think like the vocals are on point. I think the bass tone is super slaptastic, and I know that's why Mick likes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the bass really glues this band together. Um, it's just all, the whole, all the music with the vocals is it's super tight, and I just think they're a very creative band. I think this band can go on to do really good things, and I think I've had enough time listening to this newer hardcore that adds different elements that I can finally be like, yeah, this is really good. Cause I remember when Mick like started sending me, he's like <laughs> newer bands mixed with different stuff. I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> Get off my grass. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Like when you were asking what was mixed band again? And, and uh, Steven said bent blue. And you're like, what the hell is bent blue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It's like, what are, what is this uh, <laughs> third eye blind cover band? Right. <laughs> yeah, this this album is is awesome. Man. I mean, it's on what is it? It's on World Records, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and they're from San Diego. Yeah. yeah. California, bringing the I mean, hardcore. It's it's funny because I, <laughs> I saw someone. Door. <laughs> I saw someone post something. They're like, uh, "Oh, what's a good melodic hardcore band to to um to check out?" And I'm like, "I should." Oh wait, no, Green they're punk. Oh wait, no, they're 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 Sorry. emo oh wait there you know and it's like so many genders yeah. in this this genders. one <laughs> genders generous <laughs> there's all these genders going on in this ep it's awesome yeah, tons of them <laughs> it's uh it's good stuff though i mean I, so i'll be honest this kind of grew on me when i first uh -huh. listened to it i was like eh, i don't know and then it, when that's usually a good sign because whenever that a record does that to me that means i'm gonna really like it because by the third listen i was like i was hooked i think i personally think the end gets even better yeah uh, my my favorite song was influence me because i was reading an article and they kind of described what they're writing about and it's all about social media um ignorance you know people following people being influenced and you know these people that they're following are just they shouldn't be following them because they they have no leg to stand on for what they're they're saying and stuff like that so um it, it was really cool the, the lyrics to that song get me pumped up because i hear uh want to be your level of cool please there's just it's just so i don't know like i, I just picture these people getting brainwashed from the internet stuff and it's it's so real life these days so um yeah they can definitely... i interject just for one second 
Oh yeah. That just, just so I don't forget that my wife was telling me actually today, she's like, she was listening to a podcast or NPR or something. I'm not sure what. And they were saying they interviewed, you know, a certain amount of people and like a lot of them, it was like 25% or something said they, for their job, they, for their job, these, they interviewed all these kids. They want to be an influencer on TikTok or right. Instagram or uh, YouTube. And she was like, what, what's wrong with the world? <laughs> Dead. You can make a job being an influencer on these things. Like it's yeah. crazy. What it's happened crazy. to like doing trades, like passing down a trade to your kid or doing like, I don't know. It's a, if, if all we have is influencers in the world, that's what all kids want to be. Right. I'm kind of scared for our society. Yeah, this I, the the guy who was talking about the song, one of the guys, he said that um, it was inspired because he he was hearing and seeing influences with no authoritative qualifications to make statements, persuasions that negatively impact lives of real people. And I was like, oh, he just hooked me. <laughs> like, I love that. I love that. You know, like, <laughs> so yeah, but it's like then you gotta listen to the lyrics and it, dude, it it definitely it's a great EP. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think that they're going to get even bigger. I know War Records will pump them up even more that they're going to, you know, push them all over the place. So Didn't War release that new Terror record? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they stuff. they're doing a lot of good stuff out there. Uh it's a, the dudes in um Strife, we mentioned them earlier, Strife yeah, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of different bands. I do uh, like that they mix genres though. I think that's what you're trying to say before, yeah. but yeah, um Yeah. It's it's really it's really cool and mix like super into that so yes I got to get used to hearing a lot of those <laughs> records <laughs> I'm okay with it <laughs> you you gotta you gotta definitely tell us which one you're bringing to the table though me yeah you man I got a monster of a band it doesn't necessarily fit on this podcast but I don't care no this band is called Mouthful of Locusts and they're from Kalamazoo Michigan. The album is Human Dissonance. Five tracks. It releases June 25th. Uh, right now, they've released two of the five tracks. But when this podcast drops, I think all the tracks will be live by then. Um, but we got to listen to them early to review mm-hmm. this EP. So I know, like I said, I know this isn't hardcore, but we can't pass on this release. People seriously need to hear it. Um, it's just a wall of awesomeness. <laughs> like, yes. All the songs are so long, though, man, like super long, (laughs) average four to five minutes. And maybe that's not long. Maybe that's just it's long to us because we normally listen to hardcore records and the songs like clock in from like one to three at the longest. (laughs) Um, But this is like this to me, this is like more of a like spazzy, chaotic, slow, melodic grind kind of band. Maybe I don't Mm -hmm. know if I'm reaching there, but that's what I pull from it. They add so much musically and vocally. The singer does so many different styles. Like if you listen to all these five songs, like he'll sing sort of like a talkie sing thing. He'll do a talking. He'll do like these. Like just so good. I just, it's so highly impressive and I super dig it. Um, This is like, you're going to, I'm going to tell this short story and you're going to be like, what does this have to do with anything? But it does. So I was in a metal band about nine years back called Drink Their Blood. The band is still active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the band from the ground up, from the bottom floor, from zero. And uh, I was with them on just a three-track demo that we did. But they, they have a new singer. I guess he's not new because he came in like right after I was in the band. I was only in it for like a year. But music, super talented. 
vocals, the new vocalist isn't really in my style. I can't really get into their new stuff, but super talented dudes uh, drink their blood. But anyways, the mouthful of locusts is perfect in my opinion, because the vocals are how I wanted to do my vocals and drink their blood. And back in the day, but I'm, I clearly wasn't talented enough to do <laughs> <laughs> these metal vocals. Like looking back, I'm like, dude, this dude nailed it. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And the music and vocals in Mouthful of Locusts, I just feel like it's just, I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. I feel like I'm like, you know, hyping this up a lot, but they're just, it's just so good. It's there musically and it's there vocally. And when you finally hear a band that does this style of music where the music is there and the vocals are there, I think it blows you away. Yeah. Because there's so many bands that don't do it right. I was in one of them. I was the I was the factor of why it didn't sound good, in my opinion. So I do like metal. Uh, I'm just super picky about it, and I think this EP is an absolute must. Drums are on point. Everything just clicks together perfectly. A plus record. These guys should be proud. My jam. I love it. I'm jamming it. I'm loving all of this. But I th- I think I I really like Spirals. But I think. Yeah. But like, it's so good. But I think we should drop track three, Assisted Living Dracula, because that's the track that I first clicked on that made me want to reach out to them to review this because that track blew my mind. Nice. I think we should drop that because right. that's the, I think that's the first one people should hear. Do it. Assisted Living Dracula, drop it now. Boom.
mind-blowing track. <laughs> what just happened? That was crazy. <laughs> crazy. I have a mouthful of locusts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's here's what I think, okay? It's so freaking heavy. It's like creepy, creepy, like hardcore metal mix divided by Zayo, and you get this band. <laughs> right. Like new new Zayo, like the newer stuff. But to me, this this is just it has and, a black and, dahlia feel too though yes and yeah. and even though they creep me out <laughs> i love the vocals like you i love the vocals but i feel like what i get when i list because sometimes i paint pictures in my head when i listen to stuff and when i listen to the vocals i feel like that this would be the dude that would wear all black and hide under the bed and grab your feet when you try to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night but dude, let me. Like I know that the, like, the singer's name is is Perry Minkin, and he. I hope I said his last name right. But he's like a goofy dude. He reminds me of the of uh, Uncle Joey on really um, Full House. Yeah, dude, he's so funny. He's a stand up comedian. He does no comedy. Way. He also has a podcast, and oh. he's he's a cool dude. I know him from from the Kalamazoo scene from back in the day, and he's just so funny. So hearing that come out of his mouth, I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't know he was that good. Wow. Dude, that's just like professional vocalist good. Yeah, that to pull that off is pretty, pretty insane. Like, I'm impressed. So good. Yeah. I'm so super impressed. <laughs> yes. I heard it and I, my jaw like hit the floor. I had to surgically put it back on and I, I was just like, I have to reach out to these guys. Well, yeah. honestly, when you sent me... The, what it was like mouthful of locust i wasn't i wasn't really expecting much uh-huh but this blew me away that's right. what i'm saying blew because so away. many of those bands let you down yes <laughs> like 90 percent so of those bands let you down yeah <laughs> like either there's either the music's not either something the drummer's not good right or something's not right or the singer's bad that's usually the case yeah but like all of this was just flawless for right. what it is like for that style how do you get five musicians or however music how do you get that many musicians that are that good this is like, why aren't they huge i i don't know <laughs> i they know they're be. new yeah so good. maybe maybe they will be soon yeah they better be <laughs> I, I i think their band camp sums get up on perfect. be the influencer get them got, big did you go to their band camp yeah i, I down did i pre-ordered did you, did you scroll down the bottom they two words that sums it up uh, I don't think I saw that. Weird heavy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, and, yep. And yeah. <laughs> like it's so good. It's weird heavy. And it's it's just like you said, chaotic. Um it's super metal core-y. Like, I don't know. It's just it's really the kind of metal. It, I, don't know. I, th- I think kind of like a, it's it's got a, that metal core vibe with hardcore and and then just chaotic heavy yeah. metal mixed. Um like it, you remind me of the old Zayo stuff. Um, really? Stuff. Yeah, a l- little bit. I don't get that connection. Like, but so like I, the, I think it sounds more like the newer stuff. New Zayo, yeah. The, like yeah, the yeah. like the mid two thousands. Sorry, not not the nineties. More like oh, the mid two thousands. Like save yourself from hell. Yeah, yeah, like that era. But okay, um, I can go with that. It and it's it's raw. It's not cleaned up. It's they're very raw. I think that with right. this EP, they're actually gonna blow up quite quite a bit. If they, especially if they're spread around, you know, it, it's um, it's a sound that that would be, it catches your ear, and it's just a, it's very chaotic. I, I love it. it it's well, really well, well, yeah. Because let me, let me. I know I'm interrupting. I'm just so excited no, about no, this record. No, yeah. But like, 
let me pinpoint on that. Like that you said it's raw. That's the thing is like, if you listen to like Black Dahlia or any of these like, or Cattle Decapitation or any of these uh, big, you know, spazzy bands, like there's even Locust, you know, the band Locust from back in the Mm -hmm. day. Like um, they're very, uh, it's very polished, you know? And when you can do something that raw and still sound that good and that talented and that on point, Mm -hmm. That's crazy because usually when you hear music like that, it's super polished. So like there's tons of studio magic. Yes. And the the guitar tunes suck. You know what I'm saying? Like it sounds like every other record and it's all processed and it's like, you know. Yes. And And this this is not like like that. that. No, no, no. no, Not at all. No. No. And each song is different too. Like it's not. I know. It's not the same same thing over and over. Each song is almost like a different sound. It's very talented. I mean, these guys are, are very talented. So it's, I was stoked that you said it. <laughs> well, so me being a vocalist, like I was, li- I listened to other people's vocals and stuff and like, I'm not usually blown away. I'm, I, be, I was blown away by the be well vocals just because of the stuff he said and um, squint. I really like a lot and hopefully we reach out to them. They're, they might be on the podcast. They're interested, but um, I was like, damn, how does he come up with these things? Like, how is he? I would have never have thought to do some of the stuff that he did and it just works and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning too. Yeah. You know, we're talking about something that's coming out next week and, and it's really just the beginning for them. So I know exciting. That's another, it's like, I really want, I really am like, championing campaigning for this band i want them to do big things <laughs> yes <laughs> like, i think i hope in any little way i want to i think you're dead on to with the assisted living dracula like that's that that all right the name of the song grabs your attention um, yeah rob zombie the, way to go the, yeah right the uh, <laughs> the sound is great that's that's probably my favorite song uh because it's the first one that, that i heard too so yeah it's, it's, it's not my favorite song on it, the record but i think everyone should hear it first because right. that's yeah. how, when I heard it, I was like, uh, what? Yeah, gra- grabs you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I still think Spirals is the best. Yeah, that's yeah. a good song. In yeah. my opinion. The mm-hmm. best. <laughs> but, awesome. wow. Killer. I don't know. Three we, should give this, we should give this band uh, the King of All Kings participation trophy. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, fellas. <laughs> you did so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's funny though. I, I did see a picture of them on the uh, band camp too, and I think they're wearing like Hawaiian shirts and stuff. So yeah, they're they're like a yeah, ska band. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I also I I heard it and I'm like, you know, this is probably the stuff that's playing at that ice cream place that Mick goes to. Yes. <laughs> Death metal ice cream? No, it's an ice cream Sunday. Ice cream. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there they Take are. Get us out of here. We're done. Here we go. Get out. Boom. Hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Coffee and Hardcore outro. Uh, yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I'm your special guest who came on today to tell you that we're going to have a really good podcast next month. Jack Kelly from Slapshot will be joining us. He's also from Negative FX, Last Rides, Stars and Stripes, and I'm sure 
many, many, many more collaborations to come. <laughs> I hope you all are doing well. But oh golly, this is the end. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Wiley Willis. <laughs> oh my gosh. And this is Mick from Parkersburg. <laughs> you got Steven Scoba from Boston. <laughs> what just follow. happened? Doopy 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 doop. <laughs> so He's... for the listeners, I tried doing a really energetic intro and my mic kept clipping me out and makes like no 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 <laughs> so i had chose to do a somber one slow it down that's right <laughs> <laughs> hey slow hey. down the record and listen to us hail satan right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well now, now play it backwards <laughs> yeah play it backwards oh gosh um so yeah listen uh like always, and I'm going to do the part that Wiley hates. Uh, hey, please, please share this with your friends. Like us on Facebook. Like us on or follow us on Instagram. Go and uh, leave us a review on Spotify and uh, iTunes. Uh, but nothing below four stars. We're not going to put up with it. If you don't like it, just leave. That's how it is. <laughs> Go to our Instagram and yeah. screenshot our pictures and print it in black and white and color us <laughs> with red crayon yeah. and send it to us. Yeah. Coffee yeah. Hardcore awesome. at coffeeandhardcore.com dot coffee dot org. Yeah. Not send slappy. It, yeah, send but, it with send it with free coffee. Yeah, that'd be great mm, too. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, let's say this too. Hey, if you're a hardcore band out there and you want us to review your record, uh get a hold of us through either Facebook or Instagram. Instagram's uh, preferable. Yeah, Instagram preferable. Yeah. Send us a message through there and uh we'll check it out. And just know we're brutally honest. Yes. Brutally. And but we're more <laughs> active on Instagram. So yeah, we are more active on Instagram. So yeah. So I think I think, I think we gotta lean on heavy weird because that's just <laughs> weird like heavy. It. Yeah, it's just stuck in my brain. Well, I like it, guys. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's We're it. done. That's We're it. done. This is the the whole shebang happened. It's over. It's over. <laughs> we ain't got no more. There's no more. There's no more there's left. Nothing else you, coming. There's if you talk, else. if you talk no slower, it'll last a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh bother. This has been the Coffee and Hardcore Podcast. I guess we're gonna end you with Battle Royale's Coffee and Hardcore song. That will be on Up the Pups 2 compilation with a lot of other bands coming this fall. <laughs> send, us, send us free coffee, please. Bring the free candy van to our door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. See you later. Look out for the police. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. The Colorado Avalanche versus Tampa Bay Lightning, two-time Stanley Cup champions. Game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And go! The Avs win at home in overtime. What a close game. So close! 
Game two, an absolute blowout with the Avs winning 7-0 at home. What a game, not close at all. Game three, first game at home for the Tampa Bay Lightning and it's a blowout for the Bulls winning 6-2, Murder City. Game four, the Avs win at Tampa Bay in OT, 3-2, so, so very close. Game five, goes back to Colorado with the Avs able to win the cup at home and eliminate the Bolts. But the Bolts turn up the volume and outplay the Avs at home winning 3-2. We got a series now. Game 6 goes to Tampa Bay. If the Lightning win this game, they force a Game 7. Yet the Bolts run out of gas and the Avs hold their 2-1 lead until the very end, making them the Stanley Cup winner! Oh my! They haven't won since the 2000-2001 Stanley Cup. 20 plus years. Pulled it off again. The Colorado Avalanche are your 2022 20, Stanley Cup champs!